0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
1: Welcome, everyone, to episode 204 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Teporek, and today we're going to talk about some of the notable buyouts that happened in the last couple days. Uh, Most importantly, Enes Kanter to the Blazers and Markeith Morris to the Thunder. We're also going to give our all-NBA teams at the All-Star break. going to be plenty of good debate there. And we'll wrap things up with a preview of what we're looking forward to at All Star Weekend. Before we get underway, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker. So check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort?
2: It's going great, Brian. I did not declare a state of emergency for my country yesterday.
1: You know what? I honestly was, like, so busy at work that I didn't even know this was happening. And then, <laughs> like, I, I, after, like, I made Valentine's Day dinner, and, like, after that, I finally, like, sat down. I was like, oh, okay. That, <laughs> this is a thing that is happening. Great. I felt, yeah. like, purred happily from Parks and Rec. <laughs>
2: We we got breaking news alerts on all our our phones. My younger brother was over visiting. And then my wife, myself, and him, we all, like, had do-do-do-do on ourselves, like, going off. Oh, okay. America is going down the drain. That's fine.
1: It's okay. When we have a climate change national emergency in 2021, I want everyone to remember yesterday as the reason why. It's going to be great. (laughs) Uh, so we talked some buyouts last episode, notably, like, Jeremy Lin, Wayne Ellington. There are a couple more that happened in the last few days that I think are worth discussing, and then we'll get into kind of the impact, the overall impact. Like, we talked last episode about the State of the Eastern Conference. You know, now is the perfect time to, like, survey the whole league, because it's the All-Star break, Mm. we have a week off, so... The first one was Anas Kanter to the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. How much do you think he's going to help there?
2: I mean, I think he will because he's, despite his faults, like he's not a great defender. We know that. But he's (laughs) a great rebounder. He's a great scorer. And he does it on volume. So you can actually sit Yusuf Nurkic down and, and somewhat replicate his production over the course of 48 minutes. That's going to be huge because I, having this ability of having a big man near the basket who can score, I get that that's old school basketball. But when you have Dame and CJ running around on the perimeter, like that, that opens things up. So the fact that they have a continuously, you know, persistent pros presence that they can dump the ball into and who can make, you know, kick out passes, I, I think that overall helps them a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, look, we know the concerns with Cantor are not offense; it's just defense. And right, if he's not playing thirty plus minutes a game, I think it's less of a concern. I mean, will he get run off the floor by certain teams? Of course he will. Like we, you know, the Warriors in particular will be a very challenging matchup for him. But as you said, you know, when the Warriors are playing a guy like Boogie Cousins, they're gonna need a bigger body to bang for 48 minutes or however long Boogie plays. And Nurkic, you know, Nurkic is having a great season, but he's only playing 27 minutes. So Mm. you'd otherwise be relying on Zach Collins, who I like a lot as a long-term prospect. But, like, if you're, you know, if you think you're a potential Western Conference Finals team this season, I don't know if you feel great about going into the playoffs with Zach Collins and Myers Leonard as your top two bigs in reserve. So... Right having a, like, I mean, Cantor's played, I think, 27 playoff games at this point. He's, you know, he's playoff tested. He's got experience. He's, as you said, he he will, you know, he has the potential to give you a double-double off the bench. It's, it's like a no-harm move. That's kind of where all of these buyouts are, right? Like, it's just, yeah, it, what's the harm in bringing these guys in? As long as they're—I think Cantor, I mean, he was frustrated in New York the whole season because he wasn't playing. They were playing the younger guys over him. He was playing on a terrible team. I think he'll just be happy to play meaningful basketball for the first time this season.
2: Right. And, like, he's not going to get what he wants. Like, he's not going to get 30 minutes right. right off the bat. Like, he he may get 20 <clears throat> like you just said, like Yusuf Nurkic is averaging twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. I I don't think you should really play anyone outside of Canaris as the backup for uh, as the backup five, rather, because Zach Collins, in my eyes, should play the four. Mm-hmm. Like he can stretch, he can get minutes there. He's somewhat agile. Yeah. Not saying that he can't play center at all. But, you know, in fact, move down the line, it might actually be his preferred position. Mm-hmm. But right now, I would have no quorums whatsoever just playing him at strictly at the four. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, look, the Blazers are already toward the top of the league. They're sixth in rebounds per game, eighth in offensive rebounds per game. So adding a guy like Cancer, you're only bolstering that strength. And, like, that is one strategy we've seen be effective against the Warriors. It's just, like, you know, they're going to outshoot you most nights, but if you can outsize them, limit them to one shot attempt per trip down the floor that at least gives you a puncher's chance against them. So,
2: this is true. Yeah, yeah. rebound. Have you do you feel similar as me that rebounding has been somewhat an an overseen or forgotten aspect? It seems like everyone is talking about like defensive movement, three-point shooting, all of that, which like it's all fine and dandy, mm-hmm. but having a truly dominant rebounder, uh, especially defensive rebounder, I think has a lot of value and yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the league has Maybe underestimated the impact of a strong defensive rebounder.
1: For sure, because like it, those trips down the floor where you play good defense for twenty four seconds limit them to a bad shot attempt, and then they c- pull down an offensive rebound. That's just demoralizing. And if yeah, it, that's killer. Yeah, so like absolutely, I think being able to limit a team to one shot every trip is huge, and Cantor in theory will help them help Portland improve upon that strength even more than they already are. They're already good at it, but, yeah. you know, they're, they're only going to get better. They're second in the league in rebound percentage right now, and they just added Anis Kanter, who is, like, the best option they possibly could have added on the buyout market in that regard.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, let's not really ignore Kanter's, uh, you know, rebounding. It's it, it's it's elite. I think it's yeah. fair to say that it's elite. and yeah. And that's part of why I never really got why he was so underrated, I, I get the defensive angle, and I get that he's not, like, a three-point shooter, but, like, he's supremely talented. And and I think, overall, this, from Portland's side, was just a talent acquisition. Like, this yeah. was a talent signing. Yeah. At the end of the day, if he goes up against, you know, opponent bench unit, I, I have no... I mean, I I'm have, no, have no question about his ability going up against bench units. Right. I, I think he'll do it terrifically and yeah. And... Yeah, I, I mean, I get the whole fit angle, and I get the whole, hey, you need to be, you know, a part of this new age NBA. I get all that. But at the end of the day, if you have a supremely gifted athlete, like, run him out. And see what you can do. You
1: right, know? right. And they, they signed him to, he was, they were the team to sign him to that offer sheet a few years ago, that OKC match. But, like, they've wanted this guy for a while. Yep. Yeah.
2: So there's, like, a, you know, a connection.
1: Right, and it works out better because now they're not paying him eighteen million dollars. They're paying him, you know, whatever he. I assume it's just for the minimum. So like now they're getting that production right. super cheap. It's a it's a great move. It's a no risk move for Portland. And then OKC uh, agreed to turn with Markeith Morris on Wednesday as well, who we talked about last episode with our tinfoil hats on. We 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 can remove the tinfoil hats for the time being. But what? How do you think? Morris fits in OKC, uh,
2: depending on health, which mm-hmm. is huge in this <laughs> right. uh, particular example. Uh, he 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 would on paper fit very very well. I mean he's an inside outside threat. He's a hard nose player. He gives them that edge. And I, I think also, you know having having him be a type of in your face player will complement Russ a lot. Yeah. Russ seems to be that one person who's just no BS allowed. Right. Right. And and now you have another one. You can argue Steven Adams is the same way, mm-hmm. but but you just have this really hard-nosed, tough-nosed front line now, where nobody takes any BS. Like they are, they are all business. And I have a feeling that just going into the paint against those guys, oof. I mean, you you have to consider it as this point. I mean, Marquis Morris, Steven Adams, Nerlens Noel. Jeremy yeah. Grant, even Paul George, who can swing up and play the big positions. like That's a serious... That's a nasty front line, rather.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean... So I think, basically, he's going to be what Patrick Patterson... What they were hoping to get out of Patrick Patterson. Right. right? Patterson's just been bad for most of the year. I mean, he's shooting less than 38% overall. 33.8 uh, from three. Markeef is a career 33.8% shooter from three, but he can score much more easily than Patrick Patterson. So I think he's going to give that bench unit a nice lift. Um, I mean, anyone who thinks he's going to replace Jeremy Grant in the starting lineup has not been watching Jeremy Grant play basketball this season. That is, is is that a thing? I have not seen that.
2: Yeah, apparently. That's (laughs) That's very optimistic. Let me just put it that way.
1: That's not going to happen because Jeremy Grant has been playing very well and he's a great fit in that starting lineup, but, much like Cantor's going to give Portland's bench a nice lift, Morris will give OKC's bench a nice lift. Yep. And again, it's like a no-downside move, as you said, assuming health, which he's reportedly been cleared. That's all we can really go off of until we see him. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, what like what's the harm here, right? You know, like you've got Dennis Schroeder is your primary scorer off the bench. But aside from that, like Terrence Ferguson has been playing what pretty well this year, but yeah. You know, he is your sixth leading scorer at six point eight points a game. Like Markeef gives you another legit scoring threat in that second unit. It's gonna help them potentially with staggering. So you've got you know, when when you have George and Westbrook off the floor, it's really like Schroeder is the one guy who you can count on to get a basket. Now you've got Markeef in there too. I think that will help. It'll help Schroeder, if nothing else.
2: Yep. I right, agree just having the ability to have two bench guys, one who like leads the guard unit and one who like leads the bigs. Mm-hmm. That's just going to offer some ke- you know, chem, not chemistry, but symmetry. That was yeah. the word I was looking for. Yes. So, so do we have any word on, you know, what happened with Alex Abrinas, by the way because that seems like a very unfortunate situation. Like he gave back almost his, the entirety of his contract.
1: Yeah, I, all all that has been released publicly is that he was dealing with a personal issue. Oh no! I, I yeah. yeah, like I don't want to speculate. I just hope whatever no, it is, no. you of know, of course, like fingers crossed that everything's okay and he can eventually make it back in a yeah. league. But like, yeah, that, that's a fair point. That was a, you know, they they've been relying on like Deontay Burton, who's on a two way contract, has been playing somewhat significant minutes as of late. So like, they really did need someone else on that bench to give them. You know, Nerlens has played great this year. Schreuder's been Playing well, Ferguson's been playing well, but like aside from that, they really didn't have much. Their depth was very limited. So I think Markeev is going to help really round out that rotation.
3: It's the flashback sale at Mattress Firm. We're celebrating the year we were founded with a special price from 1986, a flashback price of $169 on a new Sleepy's Queen mattress. Plus, get up to $400 off throwback deals on beds. And Wednesday through Sunday, take home a free adjustable base with a purchase of just $599. But hurry in. These awesome blasts from the past savings
0: won't last forever. Your budget stretches further at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com.
4: At Pathways Financial Credit Union, we know things come up that might require extra family funds. You could use the equity in your home to help pay for almost anything, from home improvements to a family vacation. Our home equity line of credit has rates and payments much lower than a traditional loan or credit card. Find out why Pathways is the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by by
1: the NCUA nicely.
3: Mm. Yep, I agree.
1: So that brings me into like the state of the league at the All Star break because again, we talked last episode about like how the East stacks up. It aged immediately poorly because the Celtics went out and embarrassed the Sixers without Kyrie on Tuesday night, which I pretty much predicted. I, I, I predicted both the outcome and the immediate overreaction slash meltdown from Sixers Twitter. <laughs> it was really a fun night Tuesday, um, but. You know, now we've got the four teams in the East. You've got now Portland and OKC adding some bench depth. Do you think any of these teams, whether in the East or the West, and we can include Denver too, even though, you know, they didn't make any moves, but Isaiah Thomas just made his season debut Wednesday, which is an addition in and of itself. Do you think the Warriors at the All-Star break are looking at any team in the NBA? They're like, uh-oh, <laughs> our dynasty's in trouble. Or are they just like screw? You know, we lost to Portland, but who cares? Like we're we're playing so well. Boogie's been better than expected. We are going to destroy the playoffs. Like you don't even have to tune in from mid-April on because I can tell you how this is going to end.
2: Well, I think one thing is how they feel. I don't. I don't think they feel you know fear at whatsoever because of that roster. Yeah. The the other part of the equation is should they feel fear? I think they should be kind of nervous about Denver. Specifically, mm-hmm. because they're just so unpredictable offensively in terms of their ball movement. Like you, you cannot defend Denver when you come into Denver and you have a game plan. Like Nikola Jokic can ruin that, like through the first quarter, completely mm-hmm. just annihilate whatever you you kind of predict will happen because his passing pattern is so random yet so effective. And they just move so freely. And that's the kind of team you really have to worry about, especially in the playoff context. Because even, like I just said, like regardless of the data you compile, you cannot count on it because those guys just do whatever the hell they feel like, and, and it's working. So I would be very nervous about Denver specifically. But, you know, for the Warriors, I also understand why they may not feel that way. I mean, right. look at them. One to two of the rings in a row. Uh, they have... Probably the most talented uh, starting five of all time. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's probably fair to say, right? I think so.
1: I can't. Yeah. yeah, I can't think of one that jumps out as better than like you have five legitimate all stars in your starting lineup.
2: Right, and it's because they're all basically in their prime. You know, did Draymond Green's struggles notwithstanding. Right, but I mean, I I just can't the 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 most talented lineup I can think of you know two guys were outside their prime that was the Lakers back in you know 20 2003 oh, three, 2004 yeah. Yeah. with when Gary Payton and car uh, joined the roster mm-hmm. but that that was about it and they didn't really have a three right. so yeah that, that's that's the closest thing I can come but yeah so it makes sense to me why they're not scared yeah but looking from it from afar, Denver maybe Toronto and Milwaukee you know I I just don't know yet. Like we we are mostly comparing Eastern Conference team to other Eastern Conference teams because they play each other a lot more. Right. And and obviously they just <laughs> own Eastern Conference team because most of them are really really bad. Yeah. So it's it's hard to gauge. Mm-hmm. But I do think they won't go winless or, or or sorry they won't they won't sweep you know Milwaukee or Toronto specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I couldn't imagine.
1: Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, look, they've won, I think, 16 of their past 18. Their only two losses were at home against Philly and on the road against Portland since Boogie debuted. Like, they have been laying waste to teams. I mean, they, like, I agree, Denver's probably their biggest threat in the West, and they pounded the Nuggets by 31 points in Denver on January 15th. Yeah. Like, you know, I think if anyone's betting right now, You're still betting on the Warriors. I would take the Warriors over the field at this point to win the NBA title because there's just no reason to think, you know, assuming they're all healthy, like, as you said, they have the most talented starting five probably in NBA history. Like, there's no reason to think any team can take four games out of seven against this team. But I'm with you. I don't think they go, I don't think they go foe, 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 foe. I don't think they sweep the playoffs. No. Um. I could see them sweeping the West. It wouldn't totally shock me. I do think, like, it's hard to say. Like, I I really do think most, if not all, of their biggest threats are in the East. Like, with all due respect to the Thunder and the Blazers and the Nuggets, like, maybe they can take one game off of them. But I don't know. I feel like they're going to make it to the finals relatively unscathed. Mm. Milwaukee is the one team that I could see giving them somewhat some trouble just because, you know, Giannis is, like, so effing incredible. Um, Right. And because they – I think they just shoot such a high volume of threes this year that, like, you know, we can talk about the Nets in another episode, but I think that's the type of variance you want to avoid in the playoffs. Like, if I'm an Eastern Conference team – I would rather draw Indiana in the first round than I would the Nets because the Nets just shoot at such a higher volume of threes in Indiana that if any of those guys get hot for a night, like, you know, Chris Middleton maybe hits six threes in a night for the Bucks and, like, that could swing a game against the Warriors. So that is one possibility. Also, like, the Warriors do have the personnel with Durant, with Draymond, with Iggy. I think to really give Giannis problems and that's my big concern for Milwaukee in the playoffs is yes they have a lot of talent but if Giannis isn't like a superstar on a given night if, yeah. if a team figures out how to slow him down I think they're Milwaukee of the four top contenders like they're the one team where if you cut the head off the snake the rest of it dies immediately whereas like if Kyle Lowry has a bad night or if Kyrie has a bad night or Ben Simmons has a bad night those other three teams can pick it up because they have enough talent elsewhere that can like create for themselves. I think that's fair.
2: I think that's fair. I, I get that some Bucks fans will not appreciate the the fact that that the, you know that there's truth in the fact that Giannis is the head of the snake in that sense because a lot of them are talking about you know the the depth of the team, which mm-hmm. isn't wrong, but there is just such a big gap from Giannis, even to Middleton, who we love. Right. I should right. mention. Right. I mean, we've came for that's him forever. Say, yeah, but I mean, let's not go nuts. Obviously, the the talent disparity between Middleton and Giannis is substantial. It's not mm-hmm. like KD and Steph, who are somewhat equal in right. terms of their their level and production and influence. So, so I think that's very much fair, but. How much do you think are we going to talk about Boogie versus Brook Lopez if we if see that <laughs> finals matchup? Because, like, Brook Lopez is going to draw out Boogie far more than Boogie's going to draw, you know, Lopez, I think.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's... If I'm Milwaukee, that's also the concern. Do I have the bigs to match up against a Boogie or a Marcus Gasol, even if, if they face the Raptors or a Joel Embiid? Like, that will be... A weakness that I would expect the other teams to exploit, but mm-hmm. at the same time, you can't be goaded into trying to stretch him out. I think because like I think if you have a big physical big like that, you don't want you don't want that guy to shoot threes all the time. Like Brook Lopez has become a high volume good three point shooter, but like Joel Embiid should not be goaded into taking eight threes against Brook Lopez. Or like, Agreed. Same with Marcus, all like you should use your size advantage against him and bully him down in the post.
2: You know what's fun about that? Brook Lopez actually has, or at least used to have, a very very solid post game. Like mm-hmm. he was a legitimate post wizard for a while. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't think that's gone anywhere. I just don't think it's utilized. Right. So in a playoff setting, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever just to throw teams off that they kind of give him more volume. Yeah. and ask him to be more inside outside. I I I would greatly appreciate just that little wrinkle from Budenholzer.
1: Oh, I could definitely see that. And and to your point about you know, <laughs> I agree that Bucks fans probably will not take kindly. It, it, it seems like Bucks fans are quickly becoming the new the Utah of the East in that they're getting very defensive anytime anyone suggests like Giannis isn't the runaway MVP. So that. MVP discussions are going to be very annoying in the next couple weeks just based on any reaction I've seen from Bucks fans when people are like, oh, James Harden should be in the MVP race. And they're like, no, Giannis is the clear favorite. How dare you? But
2: I mean, I I think they're right, but they could just go about it better.
1: Right, much like Utah fans with Donovan Mitchell last year. It's great. But to your point, like Giannis, (laughs) when he's off the court, they only have a net rating of plus 3.0, which is good, but it's not, like, championship-worthy. When he's on the court, it's 13 points up. So, if Giannis, again, for whatever reason, if it's if he has a bad night, just, like, he, not even because a team slows him down, if he just has a bad night, or, again, if a, a Warriors team, for instance, throws KD, Draymond, and Iggy on him and slows him down... It, it, it it will be tough for a Milwaukee team to take to win a whole series against the Warriors. Much less like they might be able to steal one or two games, but right. I mean, I, I that that all goes back to the overall like arching overarching point of the Warriors right now. I think they can have a healthy respect of Milwaukee, Toronto, Denver, whoever. That I don't think they have anything to fear. I think the only thing they have to fear is what Kevin Durant does on July 1st.
2: So remember when, you know, last year, when when it was Cleveland in the finals, and we talked about, like, how should... How should Golden State go about this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we pretty much reached the conclusion very quickly that because of the lack of supporting cast in Cleveland, like, you should just double LeBron. You should just do... Like, you should really stop LeBron. Usually... It, you know you had the reverse game plan just let right. LeBron do whatever he you know he wants to do and then stop everyone else but right. because they only had like Kevin Love and stuff last year yeah, J.R. Smith J.R. Smith like you just cut the head off the snake instead I think I think that's the big concern if you're Milwaukee right mm-hmm. like that if you succeed in, in you know basically stopping Giannis and you're forcing Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez and Nikola Mirotic to beat you yeah like, if I'm, if I'm Golden State, I'm taking those odds.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, Whereas, you trust Eric Bledsoe to lead? Yeah, that's
2: the thing. I, I don't. I don't yeah. trust him to make plays consistently. Right. At least not make the high IQ play. And that's 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 not, like, hard against going... That's not, like, a, a critique, necessarily, of Bledsoe. It's just... Right. He has this single-mindedness at times where he just sees the rim, and I can appreciate when he goes aggressive and just wants to attack it and, and dunk everything and and score on guys because that does have value, especially in the playoffs. But I don't think he can sustain a positive output over a seven-game series. I just yeah. I, I, I wouldn't trust him with that role. Whereas if you're Toronto, like, yeah, you if you can shut down Kawhi... That goes. Then the ball goes into the hands of Marc Gasol, who can make passes right. and who can make decisions right. and who can make the right call and the right play. Whatever. Like there is a significant upside still when yeah. the ball swings to Gasol. Yeah. So that's that's probably where Milwaukee will come up short. I still feel they are one playmaker away mm-hmm. from really being in that conversation. Having said that, I still wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if they came out of the
3: East.
1: Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. It, it's, we'll, we'll, we'll have plenty of East conversation as we get closer to the playoffs, because as we've already hinted at, second round, I mean, if, if Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, and Philly all advance,
4: the second round of the Eastern Conference... Play- it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and
0: Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive
3: Box. Oh, the moon.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, boy, we promised last episode that we were going to get into some all-NBA discussion because as we mentioned, as of now, it looks like one of LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard will not even make it to the second team all-NBA, which is Mm -hmm. wild to think about. So we have assembled, as of now, what our all-NBA teams would look like. Now, you have to keep in mind, these are subject to change. Someone could get hurt. In the last 30 games, or 25 games, however much the season is left. So, like, don't hold us to these when we have our end-of-the-season podcast to give updated all-NBA teams. These will change. But I think the first-team guards are probably the easiest part of this whole discussion. It's Stefan Harden. I don't think there's any argument there, right?
2: Agreed. Okay. I I actually agree with your entire first team. Really? Oh,
1: oh, good. Okay. Because I I think my... My center pick will piss off Nuggets fans. Spoiler
2: alert. No, I mean, I, look. Okay, so you have Steph Harden, Paul George, Giannis, and Joel Embiid. Yeah. Look, I, I could see Jokic there. It's not like I I would lose any sleep if Jokic is named you know center for first team. Right. It's fine, but I do think Embiid has just been better. He plays a two way game. Jokic has mm-hmm. like he's he's gotten better defensively, but he's not like a defensive player of the year candidate whatsoever. Right. And you, right. And you just got to take that into account. Like Embiid, I don't have the numbers in front of me because my computer is really acting up. So you may have to read the numbers from for Embiid for me. Yes. But if I'm not mistaken, he's at like, what, 26, 27 points a game? 27.3 um,
1: points, 13.5 rebounds, 3.5 right. assists, two, almost 2 blocks, 1.9 blocks.
2: Right. And his defensive influence is obviously just terrific. Yeah. The, the other, the only thing that really bothers me with Embiid, and we've talked about this before, is yep. the lack of efficiency. Like, he's still not there where I want him to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he just gets goaded into these dumb, like, and that's what he did against the Celtics the other night. They, yeah. For whatever reason, they are the one team that, that could just goad him into taking a bunch of threes he shouldn't take. And he he did it. He took eight, I believe, the other night, which was dumb. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, we could do, let's do center first, then we can come back to forwards. It was between, with all due respect to Rudy Gobert, it was between Jokic and Embiid for me. Mm -hmm. And your point about Embiid being a two-way player is where it ultimately, that that was the tiebreaker. Because I think you could argue, really, you could argue either way. Like, who's having the more impressive offensive season? I mean, Embiid is scoring more he's like I think he's one of only if he maintained this the 27 Mm -hmm. 13 and 3 he would be one of only 7 players in NBA history to ever put up those averages in a season the last guy to do it was Shaq Okay. and and before that it was Kareem so like this is very exclusive company like Kareem did it 7 times Wilt Chamberlain did it 5 times Bob Pettit did it 5 times Elgin Baylor 4 and then MP George Mikan and Shaq once so that's incredible. But then you look at Jokic. No seven-footer has ever averaged as many assists. Jokic is averaged 20.4 points, 10.6 rebounds, 7.7 assists. He's the best-passing true big man. Like, I'm not counting LeBron <laughs> yeah. and Magic in this. Like, true seven-foot big man. Best-passing big man in NBA history. It's, so, like, that That chip has sailed. It's
2: <laughs> that's just ridiculous when he's like twenty three. Yeah, years old. I know,
1: but like, <laughs> it's I mean, it's incredible. So like, what yeah. what both of those guys are doing offensively puts them in unique historical company, which I think is probably the first threshold you're looking for in an in all in all NBA first team debate, uh, and especially like in a year where multiple guys are playing this well. So then, then I turn to defense and I see Sarah Chilea is going to make fun of me for this because I'm going to cite on-off numbers again. But, like, I think this is valid, right? So, Embiid, Embiid has the highest of any rotation player because I'm not counting Mike Scott yet, too much, too small of a sample size. He has the highest differential net rating of any sixer. It's, they are 12.5 points per 100 possessions better with him. or They outscore opponents by 8.2 points with him on the court per 100 possessions. They get outscored by 4.3 with him off the court. So that's a 12.5 point difference. Jokic, 7.3 points per 100 possessions better with him on the court. But they're they're actually still, they outscore opponents by 1.7 with him off the court. So it's only a 5.6 point difference. That's below Paul Millsap, below Gary Harris. They are three points better defensively with him off the court than they are on. So... Like again, these are we are splitting hairs here. The yards are razor thin margins,
2: but yeah, and plus-minus is is still team oriented, right. which is why I still think it's such a flawed stat. Not yeah. not that it doesn't have its use, but I mean, you need to take it with a grain of salt.
1: For sure. But like I think the 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 point I'm going for here is that Embiid is the the focal point of the sixers are on both ends of the court. Like right. they are I mean, they just would not like with him off the court. They have a defensive rating of one hundred nine point two, which would rank. It'd be tied, ironically, with Golden State at fifteen overall. With him on the floor, it's one hundred two point five, which would lead the league.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, there's no question about his defensive prowess. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's why I pick him. I, I, I still think Jokic, from an offensive standpoint, has the better season. Yeah. I but I don't I don't feel as though that his defensive um influence and or th- I should say the difference in defensive influence makes yeah. up for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. Like Joel Embiid is more impactful defensively than or has a greater advantage defensively over Jokic than Jokic does offensively over Embiid.
2: That's exactly how I would put it if I was a native speaker. Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> it even tripped me up for a second. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, well, that's that's a spoiler. So, Jokic, I'm assuming, will be your second team. All that's center. correct. Yeah, okay. So, let's go to the forwards then because, look, they're, they're a really – I mean, at least – depending on how you classify Anthony Davis, like is he a forward or is he a center, I'm yep. going to put him as a forward – Or at least I did, just to kind of cheat. Because, like, if you put him as a center, that means one of Davis, Gobert, and Beter Jokic is not on the All-NBA team, which is wild. Now, Davis might slip off because Mm -hmm. who knows what his minutes are going to look like over these last 20 or so games. Like, he suffered a shoulder injury last night. It's reportedly not serious, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Pelicans milk that for all it's worth. Because therein lies the risk of playing Anthony Davis or being forced to play Anthony Davis as he gets hurt a lot. And even if it's a minor injury, like that was his trade value flashing before his eyes as he left the game and left the arena last night before the game was even over. Um so so Giannis, I think, you know, clear first team all NBA forward. Obviously. Right. Right. Yeah. I like depending on how your MVP ballot is, he's either one or two. So he's got to be a first-teamer. I think mm-hmm. the other spot comes down to Paul George or Kevin Durant. And it's...
2: Yeah. Well, I, I was about to say Kawhi, but he's missed too much.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. That's, yeah, that's where... It, and like LeBron, too. If LeBron had played the full season, he'd be a first-teamer. But he's
2: missed, you know... S- well... <laughs> I mean, if not, if not if we assume Kawhi had played enough.
1: That's... I mean LeBron has been all NBA first team for 11 years straight. I think he would just all get right. much like a Klay Thompson just got an All-Star nod like a Yeah, but Nick. does
2: that make it does that make it right though?
1: No, but uh, I I would guess if LeBron cuz like if he had played the whole season the Lakers would not be this terrible. They'd be in the playoffs. They'd be on the right side of the playoff bracket. I agree. So I think that would help his case. Still- but, but at
2: what point are we going to acknowledge that he's more or less not played defense for six years?
1: <laughs> ne- clearly never, because he's still averaging. Like, you know, he's putting up LeBron James-esque numbers. It's almost 27 points, 8.5 rebounds, 7.5 assists, two more than two threes a game. Like, I I don't know. It, it, maybe he wouldn't be guaranteed to be first team because just because so many other forwards are having incredible seasons but right he'd at least be in that conversation
2: well of course he'll be in the, look it's lebron james i just yeah. think that he's so much better in the postseason than he is in the regular season i i think he just kind of he just took a back seat and, yeah. and has done so for a while when it comes to the regular season like he's not trying defensively he's oh, no. coasting yeah. a lot and i i and I think there are players out there who are putting in, you know, just greater effort and are significantly better defensively during the regular season. And after all, all NPA and, you know, the the individual awards, they do originate from the regular season. So we need to be fair. Right. And and, and that's why. I mean, still, LeBron obviously should still have a role on the all-NPA teams because, like we just, like you just alluded to, he's still scoring, he's still rebounding, he's still playmaking. Like, obviously, he shouldn't be... Uh, not put on the list. Right. But defense is just like you, you got to consider it. One, the reason that we have, and you're going to come to Paul George in, in, in a moment, mm-hmm. the reason that both of us have Paul George on the first team is because he's the leading candidate for defensive player of the year. Yeah. You know, as well as scoring 28, 29 a game.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, so, it, yeah, it came down for me first team, Durant <clears throat> and Paul George. And, like, Durant yeah. is – lost in the hysteria over where he's going this summer and him throwing like a monthly hissy fit at the media. Durant's having a monster season, right? Absolutely. Like yep. he's averaging 27.6 points, seven rebounds, almost six assists a game. He's His three-point shooting percentage has fallen compared to last year. But if he, if he knocks down a slightly higher percentage of threes, he could be right back in the 50-40-90 club. Like he isn't that far off.
2: Right. And his per minute numbers are insane.
1: Yeah. So like it it physically pains me to leave him yep. off of the first team. But then you look at Paul George, as you said, he's gotta be at least if he's not the front runner for defensive player of the year, he's like right up there with Rudy Gobert. He's leading the league with two point three steals a game. He's also hitting a career high twenty eight point seven points, eight rebounds, four point one assists. He's shooting this is, I think, this is the most absurd part of
2: what he's doing.
1: He's taking nine point six three yeah. pointers a game, and he's hitting them at a career best forty point six percent.
2: I'm so glad you brought that up because that was actually the argument that I would be using as well for for Paul George. Yeah, like you, that is just such a ridiculous number. Yeah, like what he's doing from the three point line this year is, is, is like Stephen Curry has just messed us all up right like imagine steph curry not existing right and then having paul george put up these numbers like he would be lauded in the national media for what he's doing like whoa this is insane yeah but because stephen Curry does exist (laughs) i'm very grateful for that by the way right um you know, this is like, oh, ho-hum, he's having a fine season from downtown. No, he's having an absolute elite monster season from downtown. And yes. that's what separated it for me with, with Duran, actually, because mm-hmm. I think that's just so impressive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, to your point, Curry is shooting. <laughs> he's taking 11.5 threes a game, and he's hitting 44.4% of them, because of course that's, he is.
2: Of course. And what? And how, how many are we up to with Harden now? He took 22 the other night. Oh, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got, but I think he's been less efficient. Oh, well, he's definitely been less efficient than Curry. Yeah, you know, I'm,
2: I'm asking about the shot oh, attempts oh, because... Oh, yeah. 13.6 threes this game. <laughs> oh, you know what? Like, we touched on this on the previous episode, but that means he's still online to take more than 1,000 threes in the season.
1: Good Lord. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's at 733 already.
2: Yep. And it's, it's the all-star break today.
1: Yeah, that's outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but to your point, like, you know, so Curry is breaking our minds as I agree with that. But Paul George is out shooting Clay Thompson from three. Like yeah, Clay's well, taking seven and a half attempts per game, he's shooting thirty nine point six percent.
2: Clay's been off for most of the year. That's yeah. partly why.
1: Yeah. But like, you know, we, we associate like, oh, the splash brother, whatever, you know, like Paul George has become a splash brother this season effectively.
2: Yes, yes,
1: like, absolutely. So there, I just looked it up. They're, they're only Stephen Curry is the only player in NBA history, and he's done this four times, including this season, to take at least nine threes a game and hit at least 40% of them. So Paul George would be only the second player, if he can keep this up, he'd be only the second player in NBA history to take at least nine threes a game and hit 40%.
2: I'm calling it out. A sign and trade with KD for Paul George. Get all the Splash <laughs> Brothers together. Like, stick with the Marcus Cousins who started draining threes as well. Oh, my God. Go with it. just And then find a new four who can also shoot at a high level.
1: Yeah. Oh, great. And let's reunite KD and Westbrook because that went so well yeah. the first time.
2: <laughs> well, as we, as we talked about last time, Westbrook has grown,
1: yeah. apparently. Right. That's true. That's true. Uh, okay. So let's go to our second team. Oh, it'd be a I think again the guards are pretty uncontroversial here.
3: Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back to school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for two bucks, graphic tees for four bucks, shorts for six dollars, and jeans for eight dollars. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just two, four, six, and eight dollars. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to sixty percent off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and Old Navy.com. Valid 729 to 811, select styles, excludes in-store clearance. clearance. I had Damon Kyrie. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Yep. And then since Durant barely missed out on first team, he's uh, one <laughs> yeah. second team forward. We said earlier, Jokic is the second team center. Mm-hmm. So now I think the second team other forward spot, that's where it gets tricky because no. you, you still yeah. have Anthony Davis out there. You still have LeBron and you still have Kawhi.
2: Yeah, but, but we agreed at one point to to actually just make a room for for Anthony Davis in some capacity. Like it's not going to be on the second team. Yeah. But but because we could use him both as a center or a forward. Right. But Jokic exists and yeah. Kawhi exists. So yeah. we have to push Davis down to the, to the third team. And you know what? Actually I'm, I'm good with that because of the trade request. Yep. Like, if Jimmy Butler is being, you know, kind <laughs> yeah. of punished for yeah. not making the All-Star game, which is fair, right? Because he was an a-hole. Yeah. Like, it's completely fair that that AD drops down a spot or, you know, whatever. Right. It's fine. Yeah. I'm okay with that. And right. I get that it's entirely logical, it's entirely emotional. I don't care. That's fine.
1: Yeah. Well, also, like, we're, you know, we're choosing this if the season ended today, but. You do have to project out. And again, he hurt his shoulder last night. Like, I would assume by the time the season is over, like right now, AD has actually played two more games than Kawhi and he's played more minutes per game and his per game stats blow Kawhi's out of the water. Yeah. That said, I'm going to guess Kawhi ends the season with more minutes, more games played, which will help even the playing field against Anthony Davis.
2: And that's why I have Kawhi in there because here's the thing, you know the Pelicans are looking at this injury going, oh oh NBA look listen <laughs> no. this is this is a horrible injury we need to right. keep him out for the rest of the year look look he can barely move his arm it's right. horrible right. they should. <laughs> he's like uh, I'm I'm fine no you're not yeah. Anthony no you're certainly not fine. Oh sweet baby, let's take care of you and and make sure that you are not playing any more games for the rest of the year.
1: Your your arm is dangling by a thread. You can't even yeah. can't even. I eat can't eat cereal, much less play in the NBA.
2: Can't even look at it so bad. Yeah,
1: that, I mean that's what they should do. Like yes. I, this will be the worst muscle contusion of all time, but it should sideline him for two more months. Like,
2: oh, for sure. Like, like we've had several world-renowned doctors in to look at it. Would yes. they all agree? It's. Right. Uh, yep. He has
1: thoracic <laughs> outlets in her too. Actually. Oh no!
2: Don't <laughs> no, don't put that jinx on him too soon. Too soon.
3: That is definitely too soon.
1: <laughs> Good. Okay. Uh, I'm definitely not bitter because. He who shall not be named threw Brett Brown under the bus yesterday's introductory press conference. No, no shade being returned in that regard.
2: I didn't even, I, I'm not even aware, so oh. I'm sure you'll tell me off the air.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think Kawhi, I, and, and this is where it's like, it's tricky, because statistically of the three, Kawhi is having the worst season. Of Davis, LeBron, and Kawhi, he's having the worst season. He hasn't... He's played only four more games than LeBron. But, like, how much do you factor team success in? Because, like, the Pelicans... Substantially
2: and... when it's all NBA. Yeah, right? it's
1: like the Pelicans and the Lakers are currently out of the playoffs. The Raptors are currently the second best team in the East, and I believe they have the third best record in basketball.
2: Right. And, and, defense matters.
1: Defense definitely matters. Yeah,
2: I mean, Kawhi is... Why has never been like one of those big stat heads. Yeah. Like he's he's never been that guy and I think, you know, a, a lot of the NBA community has kind of Ignored him in part because of that. Like they right. expected him to suddenly become this seven assist type player because that's just where the wind is blowing with most forwards these days. It's just like oh, everyone seems to be averaging a lot of assists. Hey, <laughs> Draymond out of nowhere seven assists. Right. You know Ben Simmons coming in averaging what seven eight assists. Yeah. Uh, LeBron obviously with his you know typical twenty seven seven and seven and then Nikola Jokic from the center spot is averaging almost eight <laughs> assists. Right. So I think people are penalizing Kawhi for not becoming that player. Like, hey, Kawhi, you're lacking in in the playmaking department. He's fine. He's absolutely fine in that department. He's not racking up major assists because he's the end target. Like, he's the scorer. He's the guy you actually look for. He's the guy who moves a lot without the ball as well, spotting up and doing all these things. And he's asserting a lot of energy defensively because he's uh, such an influential defender and a disruptive defender, like... Let's be honest. Outside of Paul George, from like from a perimeter standpoint, is there anyone better than than Kawhi at just when you when you go out, when you dribble the ball up the court and Kawhi is guarding you? Aren't oh, you as a aren't you as a playmaker or a ball handler looking for the first opportunity to get rid of that basketball? Yeah, because he's just yeah. gonna
1: reach those gigantic hands in there and swipe it away. Otherwise.
2: Exactly. Like, the threat of Kawhi in itself. Like, I remember this from when he played in San Antonio. I admittedly haven't looked through the tape from his Toronto days here, Uh but I'm fairly certain it's still valid. You had teams scheming their offense just to pass the ball away from where Kawhi was. Like, if he was in the vicinity of where the basketball was, all right, let's swing it so he doesn't have a chance of swiping it. Like, that's ridiculous. That's just... I, 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 I don't remember who it was who said this. It could have been Sack Lowe, but don't like quote me on that because I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But someone of significance at one point pointed out that Kawhi may actually be a top five or even top three best perimeter defender of all time. Oh, and wow. he at, at that point in time, he wasn't even like, he, I don't know, he's from 1991, so he'll be 28 this year.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But like at that point in time, he was like barely in his prime.
1: Yeah, well, like he
2: is so disruptive.
1: Remember, Matt Moore had that column a couple of years ago where like the Spurs defensive rating was actually, I think it was better with Kawhi off the court. And he was like, this doesn't make any sense. But right. then, yeah, as you said, it was like teams would basically park someone in the corner and make Kawhi guard them because they didn't want any part of Kawhi like roaming. They they were terrified of him. They're like, let's just get him out of the play and literally isolate our actions to the other half of the court. Like we don't want Kawhi involved at all. That's how scared we are of him. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, there's still the it was I believe it was Ben McElmore, like the the infamous clip where like Kawhi just oh, yeah, the, stole his lunch. The like swap? Yeah. Like, oh I'm I'm shocked that kid's still in the league. Like I, I would have retired right then and there.
2: Hey that was demoralizing. Oh but yeah. and that's that that's what I'm talking about because in Toronto uh, you know, while I haven't seen what I said before that happened that in San Antonio where teams would just, you know, play around him. <laughs> right. The, what I'm still seeing is the old Kawhi in terms of, like, this disruptive defense, both on the perimeter he can rotate in and guard the post. Yeah. Like, he can switch on to very small guards and stick with him. Like, he's... You can throw Kawhi into virtually every possible defensive scenario and he would hold his own or flat-out dominate. And that is why I have him so highly regarded. That is also why I have him over LeBron on, on these teams. Yeah. I, I think that plays such a significant part. And besides, like, their scoring numbers, somewhat equal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kawhi's averaging a career-high 27 points per game this year. Right. It, it's just, I think that second-team spot is really going to come down to availability more than anything else. Like, if Kawhi sits out a bunch of games in the second half of the season, just to prepare for the playoffs and lebron plays every game from here on out he's probably going to snake past Kawhi. or if if the pelicans god forbid have to play anthony davis more and he stops half-assing it then maybe they'll i I don't know but i I think Oh, are you saying
2: scoring three points in the game (laughs) afterwards throwing your teammates under the bus isn't a great thing
1: (laughs) no not a great look after you Hmm. single-handedly destroyed the chemistry on your team by requesting a trade and Involving them in... Alvin Gentry, I believe, called it a dumpster fire or a garbage fire last night, which is a Mm. perfect description of the Pelicans over the last couple weeks. But at least the NBA
2: found its new villain for 2019-2020.
1: That's true. It is definitely Anthony Davis. Yep. Uh, Okay, so let's go to third team then. I think, so... If we're bumping Kawhi to second, that means LeBron and Anthony Davis are our third team forwards, right? And then any argument with Gobert as the third team center?
2: No, I think he's there. Yeah.
1: Um, again, if like you force Davis in center, then it becomes more complicated. But I don't know why. Let's just make like just bump him to forward and make room for everyone because. I don't know that there's another, There's not another forward who jumps to mind. Like, Blake Griffin's the only other one who, like, jumps to mind as, like, he really is playing at an all-NBA caliber. But,
2: for a team that's 26-30. and 30. <laughs> Right,
1: exactly. So, yeah, I wouldn't bump one of Brow or Gobert for Griffin. Assuming, like, again, if Brow doesn't play the rest of the season, he probably misses out completely and Griffin probably replaces him. But as of yeah. now, I think it's Brown and Gobert, and you just fudge the positions a little to make that work. How about guards? Because I know you're going to hate me putting Russell Westbrook as third team all-NBA.
2: Well, look, I, I saw the list. I kind of get it because the alternative is Kemba Walker, mm-hmm. who I think has had a better season, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, but the win-loss column just factors in. Like, yeah. OKC is just so much better. I understand that a lot of that is driven by Paul George, but he can't do it single-handedly, so obviously Russ plays a vital part and all that mm-hmm. uh, but if you're looking at it if you remove the the whole team success angle from it i would have put kemba in there but you just can't not an all nba yeah you just can't like that's that's a crucial element so i get it um i'm not crazy about it because i do think that kempers had such a fantastic season and mm-hmm. he deserves recognition but yeah i i yeah, I really have nothing to add. I, I I will say this, you know, it's it's really a shame that Demar Derozan didn't have a better year.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I actually thought he would have a better year in San Antonio. I, I actually had him pegged as a, a candidate for this spot uh, going into the season, but you know his offensive volume has just not been that great. Mm-hmm. The three pointer, which we thought would be a weapon of his moving forward, just kind of regressed, or he didn't take it a lot and.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. only he's only taken forty one this year. Yeah, he's, so he's shot seventeen percent on them.
2: Yeah, it's 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 pretty bad.
1: Yeah, um, I mean he is so yeah, the, he is more of a playmaker than ever. Like he's averaging a career high six point one assists per game. So I I think mm. he's yeah he's like in consideration for it. But I agree. I don't think he bumps out Westbrook or I would put Cambo over him too. Um, yeah, the other guy I have in there is Bradley Beal just because. You know, he's gone nuclear since, uh, since John Wall got hurt.
2: Right. I mean, I, and that's where the conflict arrives, right? Because yeah. Bradley Beale is not playing on a great team. Right. But you also have to look at, you know, who are the remaining guards out there who are right. really doing well. Like, right. what what kind of level are you willing to go down to? Like, Eric Bledsoe? Like, no. Yeah. No way in hell. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, no, 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 not Kyle Lowry either. Like, so there's a a a pretty significant gap. I feel yeah from there on, and that's why I understand the inclusion of Westbrook. Mm-hmm. But I mean, personally, I I would have Kemba just for the experience and just for j- just for having him in there because he's played s- such a vital role for the Hornets, and I think they would have been an absolute you know bottom feeder if he hadn't been around.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I don't wanna be that guy, but he is only shooting he's shooting forty three point one percent and Russ is shooting forty one point seven, so his his shooting percentage is not that much higher. Wait, but, was that
2: just the raw field goal percentage though? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I see I was gonna get there. Yeah, Kev is taking nearly twice as many threes as Russ. Alright. So yeah. Alright. And he's there hitting them at a much higher clip. So
2: And 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 has he not like had a mental breakdown from the free throw line?
1: He has not. He is eighty-three percent from the free throw line. Also averaging I mean it's wild. Like he just this is his career high in turnovers this year. Two point five (laughs) still. Like compare that to Russ who's at four point six or Harden, who I can only assume is above five at this point. Like Yeah,
2: probably five and a half. Yeah.
1: It's wild for a lead ball handler to be averaging that low volume. Yeah, Harden is at five point four. But yeah, so Kemba is averaging less than half of the turnovers per game that James Harden is. It's and he's playing on a team with much less talent.
2: Damn it! You convinced me. I'm, I'm having Kemba in over Russ now.
1: <laughs> I'm still I'm still keeping Russ. I yeah, I no, no you you, you convinced me.
2: You actually I know that wasn't your intent, yeah. but the, the the turnover argument that won me over. Okay. Yeah.
1: Good. Great. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm still going. So my third team is Russ, Beal, LeBron, AD, and then Gobert. And then, yeah, Stubbs or Kemba, Blake Griffin, Nick Vucevic. uh, (laughs) Yeah, it gets ugly quick. Like Ben Simmons, Middleton. I'm
2: just thinking out loud. Like if if you have Vucevic as a snub, like obviously Luka Doncic would be as well.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, Ed, hey, to be fair, like, credit, we have, we have crapped so much on the Magic over the years. It's only right that we give them credit when they are suddenly looking up. They've won seven of their past eight. They're only yep. a game, they're a half game out of, the East, right, out of the Eastern Conference playoffs right now. A half game behind the Pistons and the Heat. Only a game behind the Hornets for seven. Like, things are looking up in Orlando. Jonathan Isaac's playing really well lately.
2: Yeah, he is. Only, and you know why we haven't really paid attention to it? Because we, you and I specifically have this tendency of just just ignoring Orlando because of past mistakes, well, and because yeah, we just, kind of expect when they start hot, they, right. they, it's not sustainable. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> You're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. But like, to, <laughs> right. to their credit, it is not dropped yet.
2: It hasn't. I mean, it's been impressive. And oh my god, that Terrence Ross yeah, I, dunk! Last I was going to
1: say, like, shout out to Terrence Ross for having a great season. Very good under the radar season.
2: Oh, I don't care about the season, I care about that dunk. Well that, that yeah, baseline that too. Oh my god. Yeah. That was insane.
1: That
2: was like he can do you did you see where he took off?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. The,
2: and then the he finished on the other basket. side of yeah. Right. And he and he double pumped it and I mean that was I, I we have this DM thread on Twitter, I think was it Keith Smith, yeah, friend of the podcast, Keith Smith who yeah. dropped the link in there. Yeah. Like that, that was just, that was insane. That was, that was was one of the best dunks that I've seen in years.
1: Well, that is a
3: perfect seg into our All-Star Weekend preview because I honest- get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back to school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for two bucks, graphic tees for four bucks, shorts for $6 and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids styles at kid size prices. Just two, four, six and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
1: I don't know if we're gonna see a dunk during the slam dunk contest as good as the one we saw
2: Terrence Ross pull off Thursday night against the Hornets. But so, so give me the lineup. Give me the dunk lineup for because I, yeah. honestly. I don't know. I have not put any type of research into who represents what in the All Star Weekend. I don't care. <laughs> so just, just who's in the dunk contest?
1: Man, you love All Star Weekend. I, I, my favorite part of the year. is when we talk about All Star Weekend. <laughs> okay, you you'll be excited though. You you'll be excited about a couple of these guys. All right, all right. John Collins, from the Hawks. Okay,
2: I dig that one. Yeah. Camadou Diallo
1: one. from the Thunder
2: wow has he has he been on the radar much for dunks this season i I, know that he's supremely athletic but i think there is one guy
1: and i don't remember if it was collins or diallo because Derek jones jr of the heat was supposed to do it and he had to pull out and i i don't remember who replaced him maybe it's even okay okay well we'll get so miles bridges of the hornets is also doing yeah
2: oh yeah yeah that i i like that one and then dennis smith jr I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, that's fine. It, like
1: it's a, I, I think that we'll see something cool, but like I'm still spoiled right. from that Zach Levine Aaron Gordon one a couple years ago. Like,
2: oh, you're so young. You're so young <laughs> I because know. you know what? You know what? I'm still spoiled from. Oh, like yeah, Jordan. No. Oh, okay, I'm not that old. <laughs> Dude. No, I was in in February of 2000. I was in China. Okay. And and the NBA All Star Weekend was shown in China, mm-hmm. and it was like we were actually supposed to go on a trip, and then I didn't I didn't know that we could watch it on on the hotel television, and they had a feed.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And then then All Star Saturday rolled around. I was like, nope, I'm not going. I I don't care if I have to sit here and we have to leave you know the hotel first in like the evening or whatever. I I need to watch this.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And that was Vince Carter. Oh yeah. And, look seeing that live and just because i i wouldn't have had that opportunity here in denmark like nobody broadcasted at all okay. like uh, and there was no youtube whatever i would have to have waited like a year to get any type of information like it would have been ridiculous seeing that live man that was that was just some i'm still absolutely spoiled and even even with the sack levine Aaron gordon showcase which was great I st- i'm still stuck on vince and yeah. that's 19 years ago now it's night and he's still in damn league by the way i mean that was just the level of creativity i think he was the one who actually built the foundation of guys thinking outside the box
1: yeah i'm just proud of yourself for outing how old you are on this podcast
2: oh yeah oh yeah no i mean Look, absolutely. There there is there's a lot of dirt on this in this world that is, that is younger than me.
1: Uh all right. Well, so I know, you know, you you and your son Bruce are actually going to stay up and enjoy the festivities. So what are you looking forward to the yep. most during All-Star weekend?
2: Uh the the dunk contest for his sake. Yeah. Uh because he loves it so very much. I I I always love the three-point shootout. Yep. That's like the old school thing for me. It's so i'm so boring it's like it's the fundamentals like just shooting i love shooting
1: and there's a lot of really good shooters in this in this yeah. year it's the the curry brothers both seth and stefan buddy Heal, yeah. David lillard chris middleton kemba walker danny green devin booker joe harris and dirk nowitzki which is just gonna be... who's
2: shooting like what like 30 percent 20
1: very very low yeah that his is he's just like i love that he's just getting an honorary nod for everything this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, Dirk. We know you don't want like the Dwayne Wade farewell tour, but we know you're out after this year, so just come and like participate because we love you and like you. You know, you haven't made it for a couple of years. Like, we want you to be here. But I love the yeah. jokes. I think it was Zach Lowe who was like. Do you get to take an extra fifteen seconds? Like, do, can you add? A, can you like ask Adam Silver? And be like, I'm old and I'm big. Like, it's hard for me to shoot really quickly.
2: I think it was Dirk himself who joked that? that he actually, yeah, he had he had apparently asked, like, <laughs> in, as a joke, asked Adam about giving him another fifteen seconds. <laughs> oh man yeah I, because he said like the year he wanted he barely finished the racks because right. he's like a slow shooter
1: right he's just a big dude he's got long arms
2: <laughs> i want him to dunk in the all-star game if anything
1: oh man yeah
2: well because that you, would be amazing
1: you know lebron's gonna do or like wade and lebron are gonna combine for an alley-oop Something. at some point yeah, yeah. It would be very funny if, yeah, if Dirk. Oh, but he's on the team with all the bigs, right? He's on Team Giannis. I was gonna say if, like, he tried to dunk and then like Embiid just swatted it away.
2: And I would hate Embiid if he ruined that moment. No, but he no. would. He, yeah, oh, would absolutely.
1: Totally he's such a troll. But,
2: by the way, now that we're talking about All Star, mm-hmm. you know, with AD potentially, yeah, you know, you know losing his arm, correct? Um. Right, we 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 are in agreement that Luka Doncic should be the replacement player, right?
1: Uh, if we're not members of Jazz Twitter, yes.
2: Oh, Donny! No, Go- Gobert, over, yeah. Gobert, 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 Gobert! 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 Oh yeah! You know, I keep forgetting that he got snuffed. because <laughs> no. to me he's like such an obvious like inclusion in the game. So yeah, like, yeah. but. Yeah, okay, I get that. I still yeah, okay. I still want Doncic right. because of the entertainment angle. Exactly. I still want Don. Yep. Yeah. I like sh- Dantech would be in there.
1: I think Gobert would get it because yeah. he was just such an obvious snub, but I agree. From like I a get fun it. perspective, it should be right. Luka, and it shouldn't even be close.
2: No. But I, I do get it. Like like we've talked at length about guys who have these great seasons deserving to come in yeah. and experience that format and then obviously like Gobert deserves that because yeah. Luke is gonna have like oh, yeah. <laughs> the next twelve or fifteen. Right, he's gonna yeah, he's gonna be a he's fixture
1: plenty. in the All Star game as soon as next season. Especially if Porzingis is healthy next year, they'll they'll be better. Right. The team success they can't be held against him. Like he's proving yeah. that he's not like he hasn't hit the rookie wall, and I just don't think it's gonna come for him. Like
2: I think no, he, no, it's not. Like, yeah. he played an NBA season last year. People just don't. No, (laughs) right. Care, right. So, so outside of the three-point shootout and the dunk contest, then we have like the skills challenge. Is that it for Saturday night?
1: I believe so. And Luca is in the skills challenge.
2: Yep, he is.
1: So that'll be along with Trey Young, Darren Fox, Mike Conley, Jokic, Tatum, Kuzma, and Vucevic.
2: What the hell is Tatum doing in that one though?
1: I don't know. I guess they... That was a random inclusion. Yeah. Uh, all right.
2: Well, fair enough. Yeah.
1: I, I'm going to put my money on De'Aaron Fox in this
2: one, I think. Nah, it's, this is Lucas. This I is get, Lucas. Yeah,
1: I guess Lucas is a better shooter. Because you have to hit a three-pointer at the end, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. But, oh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, De'Aaron Fox has grown pretty know, comfortable. Like, he's I, fine. But just thinking, Lucas just, like...
1: De'Aaron's fast. Like, he we go through the all the other drills like Lucas too fast. Yeah, but he may
2: be too fast. He may be too like you remember like you have to pace yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't true. know. I I I think Lucas just built for that one. You know what I miss? And I'm going back to the two, early 2000s oh Brian, God. because I'm old. I miss the two ball competition.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. That's fair. With the,
2: with the double with the legend and the double NBA player?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That they had that I don't know when the last that, had that, that, that wasn't two years. ball. That was something else, right? Oh yeah, it was like it was uh, a legend, a WNBA player, and then an NBA player. I forget what what the
2: thing was actually
1: called. Yeah, I I don't remember you. But, but like, I, I missed Bosch, the inclusion every of, year.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right. But at least I I just I love the inclusion of the WNBA. Players. Yeah, me I too. thought I always thought that was great. Me like too. it just paid so much uh, how much to like that league and. I think it did a lot for the visibility of that league. Yeah. So I'm kind of I'm kind of weirded out by why the NBA hasn't done more. Yeah. In that sense.
1: Yeah, it would be nice. Um, yeah, it would be.
2: Yeah. Like Elena Deladon would clean up in such an event. Oh yeah. Just saying.
1: Yeah. Well, was she on? I just remember Chris Bosh's team. Well, I feel like four years in a row or something like that. Like every time I don't... it was always Team Bosh.
2: That I, I think it was someone else, but I mean, yeah, I remember. I, I remember Bosch just winning everything, and yeah. I remember people on Twitter going crazy. Yeah, because haven't they won enough? Right, haven't the Miami Heat players won enough? <laughs> right. Like it's a damn All Star
1: event. Like right. relax. Right. Uh, yeah. Wait. So who who are you gonna pick in the three point contest?
2: You know, it, since the ten minutes that's gone, since you introduced me to the to the candidates, yeah. Um, yeah. Miles Bridges, I think.
1: Wait, oh, that's the dunk contest.
2: Oh, yo, oh, sorry. What did you say? Three point. Wait Oh, three point yeah. contest. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Steph.
1: Yeah. No, I would. I'm going. Joe Harris. Let's go for the wild card.
2: I could see it, but no, nah, man. I, th- yeah. I think Steph is just. He's, you know, he. I don't know. There's something about him these days. It's he's just like. He's in Charlotte too yeah yeah no, yeah oh yeah that's another subplot yeah. but he's just he's in he's in his prime everything's just such a like have you seen them his misses this year uh, yeah. it's like they're, they're online all the time like <laughs> Wait, no. he it's it, it's like barely it barely it's barely a miss yeah like when it comes to it they're almost halfway down he's had in and out's like it's he's just so sharp at this point i think it's him yeah even though it would be amazing if seth won it like just and and could you know flip the bird to his big brother yeah that would be hilarious
1: (laughs) right if Dirk's not gonna win Seth Curry would be the second most hilarious person to win just because of the I
2: want Dirk to win so bad but I also want to be realistic
1: yeah oh no it's not gonna happen
2: I mean yeah yeah no and then Miles Bridges obviously in the dunk contest I think he's he's just because I think dunk contest has gotten a little bit more has been a little bit more about flair than power yeah i think bridges is one of those guys who can bring the power back
1: i'm taking dennis Smith jr in the dunk contest Eh. Eh. i don't
3: know we'll see Uh, we'll see
2: we'll see i'm not i'm not optimistic but that's that's the one that my my son is looking forward to the most so i'll probably warm up by you know showing him a few old dunk contests good (laughs) and and, and, like, I just, it's the rookie. It's not called the rookie game anymore, is it? The Rising Stars Challenge. Today. Rising Star yeah. Challenge. Well, there we yep. go. Yeah. Yep. As you can see, listeners, I am an expert on the NBA because <laughs> I have. <laughs> ben Simmons,
1: still a second year player, is playing for Team World.
2: Oh, come on. Come on.
1: I know. It's, it's so goofy.
2: That's just rubbing it into, like, Donovan Mitchell's I know. nose now. I know. It's like, so
1: great. It makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Because Donovan Mitchell's also in the game, but of course, fellow second year player Donovan Mitchell.
2: <laughs> well, I'm so looking forward to you know this the end of this season when Ben Simmons wins Rookie of the Year.
1: I know it's gonna be great, and then turns <laughs> out I, I'm putting a piece up, it'll be up today at the Basketball Writers about why I'm terrified of him possibly not taking an extension this summer and then signing a qualifying offer and leaving in 2021. That's right. So it's keeping if, me up if at that
2: night. If that happens and he goes to a place that's like very clutch sportsy.
1: You mean the Lakers? The,
2: yeah. the clutch sports oh. Lakers? No, well, you know, it may not be the Lakers, but like you may even see a different team where a lot of clutch sports clients end up because yeah. LeBron may want to finagle it that way. Right. Like at one point we are going to have this discussion about what the hell to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. If, if Simmons doesn't sign a five year max, this summer, I'm gonna have that yeah. discussion. That's we're just gonna rename the podcast the Anti Clutch Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just gonna start every episode with a 15 minute rant about how clutch sports is bad for the week. No, but no. It, it, it's not. It's not only about Ben, but it's like I, I do think. You know, because we've seen so many guys in recent years, Kyrie and Kawhi now and Jimmy Butler and Paul George, like they all forced their way out by saying, I'm not going to re-sign in a year. Anthony Davis right. is trying to do that now. The alternative, like all those guys are in that situation because they signed big long term deals coming off their rookie contract. The alternative, if you want control of your future and you don't want to force your team into a trade, is you take the qualifying offer and then you're an unrestricted free agent five years into your career. And as you'll see at uh, in that piece, for a number one pick in particular, because your qualifying offer is so high, it, mm. you only lose, if you don't qualify for the Supermax, you're only losing about $12 million in terms of, you know, if you take the qualifying offer, then you do a two plus one, and then you sign right. a deal after your seventh year in the league so you can take the higher max. So it's like, it's risky, but I it, I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering if like, it's kind of the next frontier of, Players asserting their power over teams, which we've seen more and more in recent years.
2: I I would agree with all that. We actually gone through this a couple of times before, and it's just I, I think it all you know, boils down to the Supermax just didn't work. And you've right. you've you've been riding this wave for a long time. Yeah. And like it just didn't it just didn't work as intended, and you know the consequences are some of them we're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. And they just need to figure out a new system. Thankfully, though. I mean, let's get some perspective. Yeah, it, it's it's troublesome. They're still not at a, at a place where you can get comfortable with the whole salary structure and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But this is not the NFL. Like, at, this, at the end of the day, this product is still absolutely amazing. And yeah. the issues that are within the league are somewhat minuscule. Yes, for sure. Which I really appreciate, for like, sure. in the grand context of things. Yeah. By the way, Brian, I don't know how we should react to this, but Adam Silver just presented a jersey um, yes. that, that yeah i'm watching the video right now that can change number and name and i'm 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 very not sure what 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 this does so is this um,
1: is this a jersey like like you buy it and then you can
2: like i i, I don't know or is it like I, I you're don't.
1: at the game and you like virtual reality it to change i, I think
2: it's maybe something along those lines okay. but i mean
1: like i i'm i'm going to be <laughs> pissed if there's a jersey that you could buy it and then change the player or number because where was this during the process era i have always wanted a henry oh, Sims yeah. sixers jersey or a hollis constant sixers jersey and then i could have just changed to whatever other player they brought in on a 10-day contract we sam hanky is going to come back in the league when this technology is introduced it's, it's perfect
2: <laughs> uh I I, love, I I may be butchering this name uh sam uh esventiari yeah okay yeah, he just posted the Ryan Reynolds gift. Like, but why? <laughs> <laughs> Every <laughs> I, process I, person
1: will know. Everyone who went through that era yeah. will be like, "Oh, this is a great idea."
2: <laughs> I mean, sure thing. It, it, it's it, you know what? It may be the NBA leaning into the whole idea of them liking all the player movement chatter. Right. Yeah. Like, you, you oh, can, if right, we really can, love that, you could change buy one your, jersey. Change
1: your Anthony Davis jersey to a Drew Holiday jersey. Boom. Yeah. Problem exactly. Solved.
2: <laughs> you know what the worst thing is like i'm sitting here crabbing on it i would probably buy it i would
1: 100 buy it absolutely <laughs> i'm terrified so to buy a
2: ben simmons jersey because i think he's gonna leave in two years <laughs> so that's why then we have the answer that's why yeah uh, yeah. uh
1: what a, i think that's a perfect place to wrap up so everyone we hope you enjoy all-star weekend mort will actually watch it with his son which is exciting in and of itself uh so please follow us on twitter on the nba at the nba pod you can find our twitter handles in our bio so give us a follow as well you can also find us on itunes so please subscribe download leave some five-star reviews and we're now being hosted on spreaker so check them out on twitter at spreaker until next time i'm brian to i was joined as always by morton jensen mort enjoy all-star weekend i know you are so excited
2: yeah i am thank you brian and by the way this it might be the perfect opportunity just to say uh thank you for all the new listeners that's come in you know maybe you've stumbled upon this podcast uh over the past couple months whatever thank you for listening in and for those who you know listened from the very start uh thank you for your continued dedication we appreciated uh a lot
1: indeed indeed and we will have plenty more after all-star weekend so stay tuned
2: oh yeah we're not done yet sorry guys